Um, what is it you'll do this time tomorrow and how can we pray for you? Thanks, John. Um, so both Paul and I and Jack and Christian, who joined us today, we all work for a missionary organisation called Agape. Uh, it's known as Campus Crusade for Christ Around the World. Um, it's an international organisation and I am the UK director. So I've been um, leading the ministry here in the UK for the last 10 years. And our whole organisation is um, what we're passionate about is helping people to discover Jesus together. So um, we work with students and families and diplomats and people in the workplace. Uh, the, the heart of everything we do is that we want to help people to discover Jesus together. So that's what we do. Uh, shall I say what I'm going to do tomorrow this yeah, time? So, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, at 10.45 tomorrow, but, you know, kind of uh, uh, what, what do you what will you be? What have we got on the, uh, the calendar for tomorrow? <clears throat> so tomorrow morning, I will have just finished my team meeting with my leadership team. We meet first thing on a Monday morning to go through the week and to uh, pray for, for each other. Uh, so I would have just finished that. I think I will be in the middle of writing an article for our Move magazine, which goes out twice a year. Um, uh, if you'd like to receive Move magazine, let me know. <laughs> little plug there uh, so I'll be yeah trying to um I'm a little bit behind on my deadline so <laughs> I need to write this article tomorrow for those who know me no surprise um and I'm also I have a meeting tomorrow to talk about an Easter project um, we're doing a pilot project um here in Birmingham this Easter which I will excited to tell you about at some point so we have a planning meeting tomorrow for an Easter project that we're doing to work with churches to help people to discover Jesus this Easter. Brilliant. And so, of course, God's work and and the work of Agape carries on, doesn't it, in, in a different shape and form, perhaps, but, but in essence, still the same. Um, and if there was something we could we could particularly pray for you about, um, uh, Leslie, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, you know, we are in strange times, but actually in some respects, um, opportunities, we've had more opportunities than ever, maybe, uh, to engage people with the gospel that um, uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we may be in lockdown, but the gospel is not in lockdown in these days. And a huge amount of our work is adapting and adjusting to how we can connect with people and how we can work with churches to enable um, Christians to connect with people that they know and um, share the good news of Jesus with them. So there's so many opportunities online. I mean, we've got statistics around the world because we've got a very clever dashboard in the US that that is able to see from our various websites that we have where people are searching for Jesus. And, uh, And in the UK, thousands of people every day or every week are searching for Jesus online. And for me, it gives an indication that that people are looking for answers. They're looking for the truth. So we're passionate about really serving the church in these in these in these next few years, actually, in being able to respond to um, opportunities to to share the good news of Jesus with people. So I'd love you to pray for us in that as we continue to to bring our best into that place. Well, um, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about this this morning. What I've been asked to talk about is something I'm deeply passionate about. So that's always the best thing when you actually are passionate what you're talking about. So this morning we're continuing our series on influence. And we're being influenced all the time, aren't we? Consciously and subconsciously. 
And sociologists tell us that even the most introverted individual will influence over 10,000 people in their lifetime. But this morning, we're going to focus on those who have influenced us. In particular, we're thinking about those who've influenced our faith as followers of Jesus and what that means for us today. We all know that influence can be used for good and for bad, but our full focus this morning is the incredibly beautiful thing that godly influence is in our lives. As you think about the people who have influenced your faith, who comes to mind? Throughout history, Jesus has had influence on more people than anyone else living. And Jesus' last words in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 28, verse 19 to 20 reads, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Uh, Sorry, I've lost my screen slightly. Uh, sorry, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As we read through the Gospels, we see how Jesus influenced the disciples, not just by his teaching, but how he lived his life, how he treated other people how he partied, how he had compassion, how he mourned, how he responded to those in power, how he dealt with suffering and persecution, and ultimately how he loved. He showed the disciples as he walked on this earth what it meant to truly know and to follow God, both in word and in action. That was disciple-making. And then, then at the end of his life on earth Jesus's commission to the disciples is to go and continue what he started to make disciples that is to go and influence people towards Jesus showing them what it means and looks like to follow him to influence people towards Jesus making disciples with Jesus you know gives us that great commission to go and make disciples is not a passive thing The only way you can make disciples is, I think, by influence, influencing people towards Jesus. I can't think of another way to take Jesus' instructions to make disciples other than by influence, influencing, obviously, with a whole boatload of humility thrown in, but influencing people towards Jesus. And you and I are in church today because generation after generation have taken Jesus at his word and made disciples. That's why we're here today. Discipleship or following Jesus is about how we live our lives purposefully like Jesus and for Jesus, becoming more like him with the Holy Spirit at work in us. I'd like to tell you a story of someone who had huge influence on my faith. and I'm going to take us way back to the 80s because I'm that old. (laughs) So imagine me, teenager. Did I have permed hair? I probably had permed hair. You know, you have to picture it. Um, uh, One Sunday back in 1984, it was a great year. I think 1984 music was a great year for music. I'll take no arguments for that. (laughs) But I'm sitting with my big hair 
um, and uh, in Bishop Hannington Church in Hove, down in Sussex. And I just prayed for the very first time and asked Jesus to come into my life. It was the very first time I'd ever heard the gospel. And, uh, and I prayed to ask Jesus into my life. I'd already been hugely impacted by a new group of friends that I'd made who'd been the most welcoming, accepting group of people I'd ever met. And they all happened to be Christians. And on the same day I prayed that prayer, I was introduced to a woman called Jo. And she'd heard that I'd just become a Christian. And she said to me, why don't you come around this Thursday and we'll, we'll do a Bible study together. I'm sure you've got lots of questions. We can chat about what's just happened, what it means to follow Jesus, and we can study the Bible together. And over a number of years, Joe became a huge influence in my life and in my understanding of what it means and looks like to follow Jesus. Along with my friend Anne, who was the person who'd originally invited me to church, Joe taught me how to study the Bible. She showed me how to pray. But her influence on me was not just in reading the Bible together, although that was so sort of fundamental um, and not just in our praying together, um, but in the way she lived her life around me. She invited me into her life and to to be a part of their family, to be in their home whenever I wanted to. And as I spent time with Jo, I saw what it meant to be a wife as a Christian. What does it look like for a Christian couple to be married together and to, to deal with conflict, to have core values. What does it look like for, for her as a follower of Jesus to be a wife to Andy? I learned what it looked like for her as a follower of Jesus to be a mother to their two children, two very young children. I spent time with their kids. I looked after their kids. Um, I learned what it looked like to be a friend as a follower of Jesus, what it looked like to share her possessions and her time. She always had time for other people. Jo had time for me. She involved me in her life and her influence on me enabled me to grow a strong foundation as a Christian. Her investment in me during those formative years shaped much of how I live my life even today. And that is a long time ago. This is discipleship. It's how we live alongside others. Uh, sorry, it's how we live our lives alongside one another as followers of Jesus. It's doing life together, really. Uh, the Greek understanding of the word discipleship is uh, the sort of original Greek meaning of that is to be a learner or to be a student. Um, but not in the sense that you attend a training course. Um, it's so much more than that. It's about being a close follower, to live in a person's atmosphere. Somebody describes that. It's to live in a person's atmosphere, uh, learning and imitating their lives. It's immersive and it's holistic. Being disciples of Jesus is giving up, giving him everything and seeking to live life like him and to become like him. And we are all part of helping one another in this discipleship journey. We're all part of it together. It's not passive, but intentional. We see it in the life of Paul the Apostle in the New Testament and how he understood disciple making happened. He has a lot to say about it. Um, and he has a lot to say about influence in discipleship. In the New Testament, Paul is often linked up with another person, isn't he? Uh, and we see how discipleship works itself out as he journeys with other people. He's rarely alone. He's always traveling with someone. He's doing life with someone. We see Paul and Barnabas and we see Paul and Silas and we see Paul and Timothy. 
He's always alongside someone, helping them to grow as followers of Jesus. Uh, I love the story in the book of Acts, chapter 18. I'm just going to read a very few verses about this um, story about Priscilla and Aquila that demonstrates uh, what it looks like for Paul to, to live life alongside people and to influence them towards Jesus. Uh, chapter 18, I'm just going to read a few verses for you. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them. And because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Paul stayed on in Corinth, probably about 18 months, for some time. Then he left the brothers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Kentria because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with Jews. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervour and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So we see in this story that Paul, who was a tent maker, he goes to Corinth to stay with Priscilla and Aquila, who were refugees from Italy. And they are also tent makers. They have this tent making in common. And he goes and lives with them and he stays with them. Do you think that their life was just all about tent making, that their conversation was all about tent making? I really don't think it was. I wonder what they talked about as they sat there together making tents every day. We have some idea, I think, of what the conversation was about and what the influence Paul had on them was. Uh, because later on, we see in the story that he, he takes them, them with him to Ephesus. And there we see that they, they, start, they become church leaders. And then they pass on what they've learned from Paul to Apollos. Um, and Apollos, who then goes on to himself, become quite influential. Across the line, we see people passing on Jesus' influence to another. One of Paul's close companions is Timothy, very famous. Their strong, close bond in their relationship. And I love the way that Paul talks about Timothy's, his relationship with Timothy in the New Testament. And in the second letter to uh, Timothy, in chapter 2, verse 2, which is our key verse right at the heart of this this morning, uh, Paul says this to Timothy. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men and women who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul lived this principle. This is how Paul lived. We see it throughout his life. And now he's telling Tim to pass on everything he has taught him, not just in the words that he said, but in the life that he lived as a follower of Jesus. And for Tim to pass on that to others who will pass it on also. The influence towards Jesus is a generational passing on principle. Following Jesus is the life of passing it on. In my life, uh, in my time with Joe, 
She helped me to understand that following Jesus, discipleship, is not just about how you follow Jesus personally. It's not just a personal, just about me thing. It's also how you pass that on to others in an intentional kind of way. This is the life of the church. This is the life of the church community. I'd like to tell you how that worked itself out um, with one of the girls that I knew when I was a youth worker in my very early 20s. Uh, Janine and some of our friends were in and out of our flat all the time when we were youth workers. And most days there were teenagers in our flat um, after school. Anyway, we studied the Bible together, me and Janine. We prayed together. We chatted about life together. We went off on journeys together. We just we just hung out together. I messaged Janine this week uh, and asked her if she could say in what ways I'd been an influence in her life as a young Christian how I'd passed on to her what I'd been taught by Joe, And he asked her to make a video, if she was up for it, um, for uh, this preach this morning. And I had no idea what she'd say. I said, you know, I hope I'm not being too presumptuous in even asking this question to her. So she sent me this video, um, which I received late last night. And uh, you're about to hear some glowing things. It's kind of embarrassing for me. Um, uh, you know, I don't really deserve the things that she says. Um, and uh, But the point is how we can have influence on another person's life, irrespective of how mature we think we are in our own relationship with Jesus. I'd only been a Christian a few years myself, and uh, it was a pri- privilege. Uh, Janine, in this video, very short video, talks to me in a very personal way. Um, but I hope it gives you some idea of the privilege it is to be a part of someone's story as they discover more of Jesus. So I may blush as she speaks, um, but it's not really about me. It's just the part I played in the sequence that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 2.2. Here we go. When Janine and I started meeting, I didn't have a grand plan or a formula. I didn't have a wealth of Bible college training behind me. Um, I'd only been a Christian a few years myself, as I said earlier. Um, (sighs) But we did study the Bible together and mainly Janine just lived her life around us. Um, she mentions Paul. It was it was about us as a couple and what what, you know, just inviting people to just journey with us. And we simply lived the biblical mandate to practice hospitality. And our home was a place that we offered to do life with one another, to give each other the gift of time. It was um, a two-way thing, really, on how we impacted each other, to be honest. You know, Janine speaks, you know, (laughs) embarrassingly about the impact I had on her. But to be frank, the impact she had on me was just as as significant. And I still think today of the conversations that we had and how it shaped my understanding and my thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. So it was this two-way street. It was never about what I was doing with Janine. It was about what we were doing together, journeying together, influencing one another towards Jesus. You never quite know the impact you have on another person, but we are called to have godly influence in each other's lives. Our life as Alton Baptist Church Community Church, you know, we are a community of people, of Jesus followers, um, And we're called to live this life of discovering Jesus um, together in a 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 kind of way. 2 Timothy 2 is a description of generously and faithfully passing on what has been passed on to us, to each other. 
as we've been influenced by others, um, as followers of Jesus, we're called to be a part of passing that on to others too, to influence others and to influence <laughs> towards Jesus. <laughs> Rome Williams wrote a great book called Being Disciples, and he says this of Christian, Christian community. He describes it like this. He says, the Christian vision is dynamic. Everyone is engaged in building up everyone else's human life and dignity. Good boy. In this, he's talking about being in community with each other, having time for one another, that we actually need each other as followers of Jesus to build one another up, that we are people who are of equal value, whoever we are, however long we've been Christians, of equal value, who are called to bring biblical influence to one another. This is core to being a Christian, to being God's family, to bring biblical influence to one another. Following Jesus was never meant to be a solitary journey on our own. Jesus shows us that in the way that he lived his life, um, that the the life of following Jesus is a life of being accompanied by others. And we see this in the early church, don't we? The first thing that happens um, after the Christians at Pentecost, the first thing they do after Pentecost is they meet together every day. They're in each other's lives. They're a community together, influencing one another. By being around one another, we share our influence. And this is a powerful thing when that influence is centered around the person of Jesus. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Janine wasn't talking about me. She was talking about Jesus, really. It doesn't matter what it looks like, you know, in terms of what it looks like to, to do life along one another, alongside one another. And, and this biblical principle of practicing hospitality with each other. You know, you don't have to be a fantastic host or, an, or a cordon bleu cook or a great Bible scholar. You just need time together to see Jesus show up in the conversations that, that, that you are having with people. It's allowing the space for Jesus to show up in our conversations and influencing one another towards Jesus. In discipleship, as fellow learners, our approach to one another can be one of expectancy, of openness. As we spend time with each other, we can expect that we have something to offer one another and something to receive from one another. It's an incredible thing, and Jesus made it this way that we can offer one another something and that we can receive something from others. I'd like to finish with three questions and, and then a prayer. The first one is who question I started with at the beginning, who has influenced your faith in the past? Who has had spiritual influence in your life? Who is part of your story? Like in Hebrews 12, where it talks about the great cloud of witnesses Who is it that's cheering you on from the stands who's had an influence on you in the past? You might want to write a note to them this week to encourage them and thank them. It can be specific about what you learned from them or how they've influenced you. I think it would be such a gift to them to hear from you. It will spur them on to know the 2 Timothy 2-2 influence they've had on you. Uh, For me this week, it was really exciting to write both to Joe um, and also to Janine. Um, uh, two people that are part of my 2 Timothy 2-2 journey um, and to thank them both for the part they've had to play in my life. So why don't you maybe write a note or drop a line to someone that's had an influence on you, uh, helped you to discover more of Jesus in your life? 
Number two, who is influencing your faith today? Who is close up with you enough that they know what is really going on in your life? To grow as followers of Jesus requires us to take down our barriers of privacy in order that we can lean in with one another and discover more of Jesus together. What are you reading? What books are you reading right now that are influencing you? What are you listening to right now that's influencing you? I think it's really important to be open to who God has put in your life today as this discipleship continues throughout our whole lives, however long we've been Christians. Many of you on this call today are influencing my faith today. And I'm really thankful for that. And I really need it. So who's influencing your faith today? Who are you drawing into your life that is close up enough that you can influence one another towards Jesus? And finally, who are you influencing towards Jesus today? Who are you influencing towards Jesus today? Firstly, for those who don't yet know Jesus, who you know, people in your workplace, in your family, in your neighbourhood, your friends. uh, Who is it that you are, whose life you're involved with, who don't yet know Jesus? Maybe today you can think of five people that you know and start praying for them. And look for opportunities to have conversations about faith and your relationship with Jesus. One practical thing you could do is to um, share your story on the My Story website. Um, I will write the link in, or somebody else can, of the My Story um, Alton Baptist link. Uh, Someone else will do it if I don't do it in a bit. Um, It's an opportunity that you can, you'll see some familiar faces when you go to the link, um, but you could write your story there and share that online. I spoke, spoke earlier about how, There's so many opportunities to talk about and influence people towards Jesus online. That's one way that you can do that. But think of five people that you can influence towards Jesus today. But also how you're influencing fellow believers, how you're influencing people um, today who are already following Jesus. Who are you spending time with? Who is close up with you? Maybe you could study a book together. Maybe you can intentionally spend time praying together. I know that in this lockdown world, it's a bit more challenging, um, but you could even eat a meal together over Zoom and talk about your life in Jesus and how you're discovering more of Jesus today. As we openly and with humility live alongside each other, seeking opportunities to see God at work in our relationships, the Holy Spirit is the one that's ultimately at work because he's working in us and through us on this discipleship journey. I'd like to finish with uh, just, I'm going to read a verse and I'd like to read this as a prayer in many respects as I finish. Um, Because as we think about godly influence and uh, influencing people towards Jesus and those who are influencing us to discover more of Jesus in our lives today, We want to do it all in a godly way. We want to have the Holy Spirit at the heart of that and to imitate Jesus as we influence. So this is my prayer for us as we finish uh, from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Paul writes, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen.